We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on TV. Wednesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm and Jeffrey Wright jumping in for Neil McCready. Today, as a guest host, Neil, under the weather, as you knew yesterday, um, he got sicker as they went on. He'll be all right. He's on meds, but he is out of commission for today's podcast. As we get going, talk some football, talk some basketball, and much more. First, we'll talk about the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Lunch specials, 569, couple size bread, any size fountain drink, also the beer cave. Hey, still got more football to go. The NFL finishing up its regular season. You got the college football playoff final on Monday between Washington and Michigan as well. So uh, pick up some alcoholic beverages in the beer cave there in the Oxford Exxon. Also I-55 up and down that and North Mississippi as well. All Blue Sky locations in Mississippi. Coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio. 662-257-1900 is the number. Corey wants to be your truck guy, wants to be your car guy. He'll take care of you. He's been a friend to us for a really long time. Be a friend to you too in the car buying process. Wherever you are, he can help you. He can move you along and get you where you need to go there with Clark Ford in Amory. And then also Jeffrey's joining on the Campbell Clinic hotline. Campbell Clinic now in Oxford for all, the, all your orthopedic needs. So check them out. Whatever's going on, getting into the first of the year, time to maybe uh, take advantage of some of those things, some appointments there with the Campbell Clinic in Oxford. January 3rd, Jeffrey, are you a uh, are you a resolution guy at all? We got a big list now that we're a parent and ready to go. I think you know the answer to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I I try to set goals, but I'm not, I, you know what I mean? Like, to me, like, a goal is different than a resolution. There's a huge difference in those words and what they feel like. Yes, because goals for me typically are, like, for the most part, goals are usually professionally oriented or somewhat career oriented. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I found like when you every most of the time, let's be real. Like when you set a resolution, it's not lasting past at the absolute best. If you make it to March, I'd say that's a win. So then you spend nine months of the year thinking about what a failure you are. So eh, I prefer the term goal that way. Uh, that way you can kind of work towards it the whole year and it's never done. But you know, when you get to like, and really let's be real. It's usually it was like, president's day was kind of around when it's like all right well this is done like i'm hitting the gym like it's done 
the, the semantics of that resolution is set up to fail goal. You go, eh, I don't know. Maybe I've got the, the drive to accomplish that. Maybe I can well, figure that still out. The it's, idea it's, of a goal, like even if you didn't reach the goal, as long as you set it decently high enough, you still probably made improvement. Yeah, it's like the guy who goes, I'm going to run a marathon this year. And it's a goal instead of a resolution. A resolution, he's going to stop running in like February for a couple of weeks. He's going to get bored. He's going to twist an ankle. A goal, hey, maybe in October you don't run the marathon, but you ran a half marathon. Well, that's half yeah, more than you, you would have done like, otherwise. Exactly. Like, eh, you're better this year. Accomplishment. Positive. Yeah, just, Forward growth. just don't make the mistake of telling me you ran a marathon. Like you ran a half marathon. <laughs> but at the same time, from a personal perspective, Yes, you did something that you probably weren't going to do. Therefore, I do give, I do acknowledge that is that's worthy of credit. Yeah, I, I have noticed, you know, in the uh, the social media sphere, the YouTube sphere, that now ultra marathoning has become like just big enough that they even like shit on the marathoners now. It's like, yeah, just twenty six two. Sorry, yeah, we run fifties, we run hundreds. So one of my friends who is not fat. One of my friends who I would can say in his mid thirties is still in really good shape. He even asked the other day, he's like, is ultra marathoning good for you? No. Like at a certain point, it's like, I, I acknowledge being in shape is being fit. Being in shape is a better way to go about your life. And I would bet on, I would bet on the ultra marathons life expectancy versus say my life expectancy. But there is an element of like the human body's not meant to run that far. They say it's more mental than physical, but it's really well only because it takes so long that you go slower. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess like, you could actually talk me into like where because at an ultra marathon level, it's clearly not a like there's I will never forget my dad. My dad ran the marathon. I think it was back in oh one. Okay. And at the time. And the St. Jude, this the St. Jude Marathon has now become more of a fundra- fundraising enterprise, and you know it's a big civic event. But it, at the time, it was like it was one of the few Boston qualifiers. So you would get, you know, I don't know if you competitive were competitive runners, yeah, but you were getting you got guys that showed up from Kenya, and mm-hmm. I will never forget when they fired that opening opening gun, watching those guys take off and realizing. They're about to do that pace for 26 minutes or 26 miles. Yeah. And I, I was like that. We are not the same. We're not the same. And like that, that I just remember being blown away by that. But you could talk me into where ultra marathoning because you're like, it felt like those guys were running about as fast as they could for 26 miles like this. I guess you could talk me into it's not the same. There, there is the there's the thought out there for for the normal human, the you or me that decides they just want to take up running and do whatever. That the half is the perfect distance because you get all the cardiovascular fitness of the training, without the possibility of breaking shit once you get eighteen to twenty two miles into a race. Yeah, you could again. You could talk me into. It's not like as if I'm turning my nose up to thirteen miles. It's just yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Do not care for when the people go. I'm a marathoner, and I find out they've only run halves. So you think it's actually a PR issue? They should just call oh, it yeah. something else completely. Correct. It needs a brand. It needs a. It needs to. It needs. Oh, is the half marathon a bad PR? Hundred percent. Because all I think about when I hear half marathon is so you quit. <laughs> you got halfway through and quit. Like, 
Yeah, you, watched, you turned around and they kept going. Huh? Right. That's, 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 I watched that's, that's, The Godfather, and then I find out you didn't make it through Act One. You didn't watch The Godfather. Yeah. Two's better than one, right? I think so, but I also think it's part of. I think with two, it's the Don Con continuation. Don, yeah, it's it's yeah. Well, it's a you get the you get the dad backstory, which is fascinating, and then you get michael's like the whole thing. i think it's the fact that you have both elements yeah okay i'll buy that you already have enough background that we are right. just in the we're we're we're, we're just we're in right it i'm not i'm not an auteur so i don't know in terms of filmmaking yeah whatever is, do i know if two's better than one i absolutely have no idea do i enjoy the story of two more yes but it's also written for me but i started thinking yeah. about this the other day because when I was on solo dad duty last week because Aaliyah had to go back to work and there was no daycare. If you watch the, the Dark Knight trilogy, it really does stand out to me. If you're just putting pen to paper, the Dark Knight, the movie, which is, for the record, my favorite movie, might be the worst script. Like, if you're just Ooh. actually reading it, it might be the worst but you cannot ignore the fact that Heath Ledger as the Joker is on the screen for basically half of the movie, and it's just an electric thrill ride. Like even God, now fifteen years later, like you still realize, like God, that that is just just an awesome character, awesome role. But like, I went back and watched Batman Begins. And I'm like, as a movie, that's a pretty good movie, and The Dark Knight Rises gets a little. A little uh, messy at the end, but it's still like, man, that's still probably a better actual story. But you just cannot ignore the fact that, you know, the Joker's on the screen. Ledger's incredible. Uh, it's just, you know, but like, I've also like thought about it. It's like, do I, as someone who just watches movies, not someone who knows anything about the making, the process, all of that, like, I don't feel qualified to comment on what the quote unquote best artwork is. Is, is that your favorite Batman is in the character, like the actor playing what's your like top two or three. Um, so I think Michael Keaton's the best Bruce Wayne. See, I do too. And, and, I, and I don't know if that was my age because like, that's kind of when I was a kid, if that's why uh, I think that, but I do legitimately think that. I think my argument for Michael Keaton has the best Bruce Wayne is admittedly Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne is acknowledging that he is playing a character like he's like that was the thing that you realize like in Batman Begins like he's asking Alfred he's like I don't know what do Playboy billionaires do mm -hmm. and he's like well buy Lamborghinis you know uh, buy Lamborghinis you know uh, be with hot chicks yeah sure michael keaton i mean that is also the other thing michael keaton also found a way to make bruce wayne michael keaton and i love Ooh. michael keaton but like if you think about it, it's kind of like a <laughs> it's like a lot of yeah. it's a lot of michael keaton but it is still a like you can believe that that guy's a billionaire um bale i think probably overall performance is the best okay um I I thought Pattinson did fine, but Pattinson's was pretty like, like it was kind of one note. Um, Val Kilmer's is 
fine. Yeah. I, would you even count Clooney? No, that, that movie doesn't count. I'm yeah. not doing that. And then Affleck's. I mean, the problem with Affleck is it just brings up like, man, these movies suck. Like, he, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I don't know whether or not like he was good or bad. Like, it's just like, man, these movies just are a mess. The Dark Knight or Batman Begins trilogy has made the Keaton Batman underrated now because Nicholson was a very good Joker. But yeah, you only think about Ledger like in Keaton was really good. But you just kind of it just gets lost in the in the stuff since 2005 or eight or whenever that was. Yeah. And then like, like the other issue is it's kind of the same thing. It's like, why do I like Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne? It's like, well, because I like Michael Keaton. In the end, Jack Nicholson was playing Jack Nicholson in face paint. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Jack Nicholson has there's a long list of career that proves that he is entertaining to us. Of course. Did you uh, just nod your head in acceptance or did you get joy when you realized that Hugh said it verbatim what you had anticipated? Um, well, at first it's like, oh, my God, he really did. Um, and then you have the realization, of course he did. Um, I did like the. I did like that. It is clear now that he does not have um, an editor. At Auburn, which is, I would argue for Auburn that's a bad thing because for a while it was very clear there was some uh there was some creative control as somebody pointed out it was i don't i'm sure it was an alabama uh beat writer pointed out the recruiting period ended december 18th that meant so you're telling me that you couldn't do you couldn't do some coaching between then that's two weeks that's more than you have in between other games um, you know, I would say like, you know, how does that guy get people to work for him? But it's like, I don't know. He doesn't fish in the same pool. Like his, his staff is still, I mean, his staff's still what largely a lot of the same cast of characters that it's always been. It is. I mean, that's been one of his issues completely. It's just a lack of either knowing people or the ability to get people to work for him. However you want to phrase that and ends up in the same Correct. place. And I mean, you know, okay. relied on Jimmy for a while for that. Well, I mean, I think Jimmy is probably the reason he wound up with Philip Montgomery, who I thought was a pretty decent hire. But I mean, you know, he still has a quarterback issue. And I saw the the Liberty kid went in the portal. I mean, is that what he's going to try to do? It's my guess. You know, their schedule is not terrible. I just pulled it up for next year. I was trying to see what he would be capable of doing. He ha I feel like he has to start 3-0 and to give himself a chance. They've got uh, Alabama A&M, Cal, or sorry, 4-0, and because they have Alabama A&M, Cal, New Mexico, and Arkansas at home, the first four. You got to all those. That Arkansas game's fascinating. But, he, yeah, they're at, it's at home, yeah. Then they, ha they have a three games in a row of Oklahoma, Georgia, and Missouri. So they're 4-3. and three. And then playing a huge game for them and any kind of expectations in Lexington on October 26th. Yeah, so that kind of I would say that favors him because it feels like that feels like a similar schedule to what he had last year, except replace Kentucky with Ole Miss. And you know. I would much rather play Kentucky next year than play Ole Miss this past year. 
I mean, his his ceiling is like eight wins. He has four yeah. losses for sure. And he's got a couple the, flips. I guess the question is, does one of the... It felt like last year, like because who who's his who's his SoCon Saturday before Bama? It's A and M. So, based on the non-con that you read me, I don't know if that's the spot, but it feels like there will be an SEC game. You don't think he's going to lose? That he's going to lose? Well, the problem with that is there aren't really any other than unless you think he's losing to Vanderbilt or Arkansas. Everything else is a coin flip. I'm not giving him at Lexington. Typically, that Lexington they, maybe that, that's the that's the swing game then. The A and M games at home. Yeah, but I, I'm thinking like the problem the problem that he's going to have is it could be decided by then. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because he had to to get fired, he would have to go what six and six or worse. Yeah. I mean, to get fired, you would have to lose. I think to get fired, you got to lose Arkansas. Maybe that opener against Cal. That game's at home, though, right? It is. I think I think he'll handle that one. You're talking Arkansas, A&M, Kentucky. So that means that he would lose Georgia. That'd be three and five. He's still even if he goes three and five in the league, right? That's still seven and that's still seven and five. Yeah, as long as he beats Cal, which I kind of think he will. Yeah, his path to seven is Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Kentucky. Yeah, but like even if like let's say he loses, let's say he loses one of those two. That's six and six, and that's two and six, and that's the other thing about the fan base is that's a fan base that will historically turn on you and turn on you very quickly. And that would also mean back to back six and sixes, right? It would. Yes. I believe that's correct. How do you sell? How do you sell internal improvement? Yeah, they went now. Nah, they might've won seven this year, but either way. Yeah. Six or seven. I don't know. No, they went six and seven. Do they go six and seven? Okay. I, I don't know how he's going to have one of his SIDs get on Wikipedia and change the on-field record, but you know, he's going to have to do that. Okay, six and seven. I did not realize they did that. Yeah, because well, he lost to New Mexico State. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, you said the uh, Liberty quarterback getting in the uh, portal. The portal did close last night until April, I believe, is when it reopens. So um, anybody who is not in right now cannot jump back in. You've got a little bit of a break here. Now, it's possible that some guys got in. The paperwork still will be filed or handled for a day or two. So we still might have a few more guys uh, come out publicly over the next 24 to 48 hours. But for the most part, we're at a, we're at a stopping point with that. Obviously, Ole Miss uh, gets Dart back, and then they're currently uh, – everybody's expecting an announcement from Judkins that he is returning as well um, here any today, tomorrow, any day now as, uh, as well. They've done a, one hell of a job in the retention part of the portal on trying to put things together next year where, you know, I, I thought – Jeffrey, you and I were talking about right before the show started. The phrasing is interesting to me. I understand what they're doing. I understand why and all this stuff. But, you know, Bolden for weeks, uh, by the way, is being elevated to tight ends coach, Kevin Bolden, from a a recruiting uh, staff position, heading up recruiting there for the Rebels. 
a lot of Jordan stuff, all this Last Dance stuff, Dark puts Last Dance. And I get that it's about this group, not necessarily about the program, but I am having a bit of a hard time not kind of looking ahead. And I know it makes no sense in college football because you can't even do one year, nevertheless, two. But just going, wow, for 25, it's going to look completely different and need a complete overhaul. Yeah, I mean, when you with you know, I I take last dance with players because I mean, I, as far as I know, I mean, hell, yeah, it's not uh, a program wide mantra, but it just right. it, it it's it's where my wheels turn and go. My God, they're going to need a lot of money and a lot of stuff after that next season. Now, the hope is, as they've been banking on, and maybe they're right. You get into the playoff, you do damage, you do whatever you do, and people money are locked in enough. It's not going to be a problem. Yeah, I, I, and I don't necessarily think that that's wrong. No, um, I don't either. I think, I guess the argument that I would make is it does feel like we've been here a couple of times where we're like, wait, what about the next year? And they kind of just figure it out. Um, So I, I don't want to be too harsh on that, but it does feel like that they are like beyond just putting together a run for the playoff. Like it, it does feel like that there is a lot of chips being pushed into the middle of the table. Now, does that mean that, you know, Kiffin's, you know, putting together a run to try to leave? I mean, it's, to, to act like that's not on the table, I think is, is very naive. But at the same time, I thought he's been, I thought he was going to leave before and he hasn't. So here we I, are. I, I think it's, I think it's more, you know, more simple than that. Is it a hundred percent going to work? I don't know. Is it the only way it can work? Yes. That's the key. Is that in this, for you in to compete format, yeah. for a national title yeah. in this format, yes. you are doing the only thing you can do to make that happen, so you do it. And you let it fall where it may, and you raise the you raise the possible ceiling and the expectations, and you just kind of go with it and let it figure out where it falls at that point. I mean, that's, that's the thing. And I think it's partly why Lane is as engaged as he is right now, is that it's a nationally competitive type situation. I mean, it's what I told Neil, I think, yesterday, is that and maybe you and I talked about this on Saturday's show. I don't remember or not. I, I, I do. I, I really think Lane is going to be even better next year because there are those type of implications. He's the guy that gets bored once things fall off the table. Yeah, I think the question for me with Kiffin was always, and you could, depending on who you talk to, you would kind of get varying answers. But the question I always had was, how much does winning championships motivate him? Because oftentimes when we do the Lane Kiffin's a perfect fit at Ole Miss, it's a perfect fit if Lane Kiffin isn't hell-bent on winning championships. Because to your point, can they win one next year? I think it's like a small chance, but they have a, like they have an outside shot at doing it. Like if Washington... like. If you kind of look at what the format would be, like what is their path? It's kind of what Washington did this year. Yeah. 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 Because there was this weird, I've said it on my show, there was this weird movement that Washington was this year's TCU. And I was like, y'all, they've got three NFL receivers and an NFL quarterback. Like they're closer to 2019 LSU than they are to last year's TCU. Mm-hmm. Like this team went undefeated this team has quality wins like they're good but if you look at what it is is they have like i think it's like eight or nine covid like super super duper seniors 
Like it's a very old team, and then you have quarterback proven receivers like skill guys. Well, that's kind of what Ole Miss is trying to bring back, you know. Well, I mean, even even the way the team is set up too. I mean, you know, hey, on defense, you've got some flaws, but you kind of create some havoc and some turnovers, and you're really good offensively. I mean, no, Washington's a damn prototype. And to me, like, I don't think Washington is like right place, right time. Like, I think that that is a path to build. If you are not a school that is a quote unquote blue blood that can just do it the the way that you know Ohio State, Georgia, Bama, Texas. The argument is you just named the only ones left in this era, that there are five. I mean, we're still, I'm still kind of, I still don't know about A&M. Like, no, hell no, certain, until they do it. Hell no. I mean, that's the point. It's like at a certain point, it's like this, they have, they've had recruiting advantages as long as the programs existed. So at a certain point, I start wondering if it's the coach, if it's the school, what whatnot, like. But if you're not one of the five that we just mentioned, I guess you got, I don't even, where do, what do we do with Michigan? No, I, I'm Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, as of today. And, and I, I think of those, Alabama and Michigan are the USC? most volatile. Do what? What about USC? I think they've fallen out of that right now. Is that they've fallen out or is that they're not happy with, with Lincoln? I don't know. Put them in the Big Ten. Let's see what happens. I think that's a fair point. I think that's also another factor on some of this is what do these schools look like when they change leagues? So, you know, th there's that element. But, I mean, to me, it's like, if you're not one of the schools, you have to do it this way. And like, I, I don't even, I don't, like, I don't even really think it's like much of a decision. Like, I, I think this is how you have to do it. Now, it inherently comes with some risk that we talked about on Saturday, which is, you know, you're banking on everybody buying in. And, it's also why I'm totally fine with Ole Miss having the four games that you should go four and zero in, because I still think the easiest way to get everybody to buy in is just keep winning. You got to get, get off to the hot start. Yep. Yeah, get it done, and then worry about it when you worry about it. And look, the the, the thing here is, and I think teams have shown this when you are elevating up tiers, which is what Ole Miss is doing now. It's different to do it now in this NIL era because you can just create your own tier yourself, and you can pay enough to be at the table. Well, and then there's but, also like, what are tiers? Well, yeah, exactly. But I guess point being, once you get up there, you do get so much brand awareness and so much whatever that it's easier to attract players and to do that. And you're, it's not like you fall back off to square zero just because you lose a lot of guys after next year. You know what I mean? Like your no, brand is really good. Well, especially like if your brand is going to be, hey, if you're unhappy somewhere and you want to come win, you you come win here. So mm -hmm. like there is there's that. I don't know. I guess the other question that I've had is. How many SEC teams do we think are getting into the playoff? Well, I want to know what the, I mean, do we know 100 percent what the. So everyone keeps doing that. They've decided on the five and as they I haven't had they. I go, it's not in writing. There was an agreement to the five. And also... You need I, the five, not the six. I don't think six is on the table. I think the question is whether or not you need it to be four. Well, I mean, you would you would, you would prefer that because, see, that's the catch in this. Well, As no, everybody keeps going, hey, here's what this would look like next year. And it's like, well, no, not necessarily. Ole Miss in this season that just played out, 
they would have missed the playoffs because Texas wouldn't have been that bye team. Right. That's the problem there. Well, and here's the other here's the other way that I look at it. If indeed or sorry, Texas would have, Alabama would not have. Sorry. Right. But the other thing that I'm thinking about is okay, we're gonna have a national championship game that's not gonna have an SEC team. Is one of the most powerful people in the room really going to not we've seen before when the SEC doesn't get a title team that Slive gets on the aggressive. Does that mean the format like he's gonna push for some format changing? Because we know what Mike Slive wants. Or not Mike, Mike Slive. Uh Greg Sankey. We know what Greg Sankey wants. He wants 12 out large. Yeah, he just wants you to take the 12 top teams and let it be what it is. Correct. And Which so it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen, but maybe instead of five, are we getting four? Well, look, you can you can make that argument that hey, the Pac 12's gone, so just cut it by one. Cool, sweet. All right, moving on. Well, and then the, the question though is how do you have to legally do they have to include because there's also this factor whatever format they decide is only through two playoffs cycles because then the contract's up again so do they just sit there and go ah fine whatever we'll do we'll do five and seven for we'll do five and seven for these two years and then we'll we'll redo it then but and, the, how, the and, re- and yeah how do you do the group of five thing because it's it becomes a matter of right. Whether, yeah, whether or not that is the case, they at least are worried about that being the case. Correct. And the reason though I bring all of that up is we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you, if you establish, do you, would you like, do you like Ole Miss's chances better to make the playoff next year than either Alabama or Georgia's? Um, no, I will say Georgia has a really tough schedule. And if you told me we got into some weird 11 and one stuff, I might buy it. Yeah. Does that make sense? I mean, I guess, but in that the scenario, problem is you play them. That's the, in that scenario to me, Ole Miss has to be the one. Yeah. 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 I see what you mean. 
So the reason why I bring all that up is I I do I do I envision a world where the SEC gets four of the 12? I can. I still think that's a stretch. It requires the Big Ten to be really good and the SEC to be good and everybody else just to get champions in. Correct. So does that world exist? I, I can. Well, I mean, that I can, world exists this year. Well, I mean, we saw a Power Five champion not get in at undefeated as an undefeated. Yeah, sure. And it's because, not like, yeah, in today's, like, take the exact rankings, and I get this is not doable. I understand that, but I'm just I'm, I'm making a point. Is Michigan and Washington would have played in a Big Ten title game, I assume, right? Because we're getting rid of their divisions. Okay. Yes. So the winner of that would have been a bye. I mean, for the lack, for the conversation, Texas would have been the SEC's bye. Florida State would have been a bye. And you've got to go all the way down to what well, or, then, Arizona. Well, Literally, Arizona would have gotten a buy. Well, what are they doing? Also, like I don't. The other thing is like, what is this Washington State, Oregon State? Mountain they can't West? give the winner a freaking. I mean, I don't. But I mean, my point is like, how are they sorting this all out? Well, the problem is they're not playing. Because I believe neither is eligible for the Mountain West title game. Correct. That is correct. They're just playing a schedule. Podcast brought to you in part by GNM Pharmacy and Tyson Drugs there in Holly Springs. GNM in Oxford, Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. They've got their uh, high dose flu shots for patients over 65 years old or uh, anyone that needs that level of protection. Flu obviously going around big time right now. So you can uh, you can get that. You can also get the RSV vaccine they have in uh, stock as well at both locations, Holly Springs and Oxford, and they make it easy. They let you schedule your appointments for your vaccines. Come in, get them, be on your way. That's 662 to schedule. 662-236-2222 for GNM in Oxford or 662-252-2321 for Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. Podcast also brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. You've got uh, 2024 football season tickets available now. That's for new and renew tickets. Take advantage of that. Go ahead and get on with it. The excitement is only going to increase prior to the 2024 season. Also, men's and women's basketball, they start conference play this week. You've got SEC mini plans and single-game tickets still available. That is for uh, men's basketball, women's basketball. And then uh, we tell you about multiple campaigns going on right now, the Champions Now campaign. That's the big capital campaign from the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. You've got Forever Ole Miss if you're looking into state, state planning, Vault Society, Empower, a lot of different ways to uh, – do philanthropic giving there with the foundation. Also, a reminder, the men's and women's tennis teams have upcoming matches at home later this month. Tickets not required for that. And then, obviously, Morgan Wallen tickets still available. All those things, OleMissTicks.com. I've been telling you that Prime Shrimp is giving away free shrimp for the entire year to one lucky rebel. Here's how to enter. You go to PrimeShrimp.com slash MPW. Place any order. Any order at all, use promo code JUICE. Take 20% off your order and be entered to win. You can place additional entries by posting your shrimp on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with hashtag Prime Shrimp. Hashtag MPW. Winners will be chosen on January 31st. So get that orders in. And then also the podcast brought to you by NE Spark. NE Spark is a service people across rural communities. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze. The one gig, it powers the Clark Ford Studio. I've got it at home as well. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's anyspark.com. 662-238-3159. Phone service, parental controls, 
network security, and much more. So again, get the best internet in Lafayette County. That's 662-238-3159. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. Give it a try because, look, my diet's not perfect. Not always getting all the vitamins, nutrients, minerals that I need every day. And AG1 can help in that. Makes me feel better like I'm doing something great for my body as well. Because it empowers the gut for whole body health. It's much more than just a greens power powder. It's all of your key health products in one. Covering my nutritional basis for my day literally couldn't be any easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water, drink it first thing in the morning, done. Right there, I break my uh, kind of my fast overnight with AG1. It's a great routine and gets me on with my day. I also like that it costs less than three hours a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's an effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. It's a win-win. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, give Athletic Greens. They're giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash mpw. That's athleticgreens.com slash MPW. Check it out. Correct. And then they're technically I, claiming a Pac-12 title in the game where they play each other. Okay. But, well, I'm just that's no no no, 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 no. I, I'm not no, I'm 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 my point is like I really You can't give that an automatic bid, is your point. Right, yes. Right. Eight and four, nine and three, or even ten and two. Like I don't think that that necessarily gets them in. But the whole reason I'm bringing it up is because how many spots are available? Because when I think about it, it's like, okay, I think about Ole Miss's roster next year, and I'm like, that's a pretty damn good team. But when you start thinking of it in these terms, okay, if we're going to stipulate that even if we don't feel strongly, if you made us vote, would you vote that Alabama and Georgia have a better chance of making the playoff than Ole Miss? We would both vote yes, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. So now you're lumping Ole Miss into this category of if there's only one spot left. And again, I'm not saying that there is only one spot left, but it seems to me the most likely outcome is the SEC would get three. I think, I mean, again, we're doing the scratch thing and all that stuff, and I get we got a lot of stuff to go. And Ole Miss has one of the better schedules. But I think that with what we know today, you're talking about four spots and five teams. That's what I think. Okay, so I, I, I think we're talking Missouri, Georgia, Ole Miss, LSU, Texas. I mean, well, LSU would crash the party. I, I've got LSU and Oklahoma as kind of party crashers. I don't have them at that number right now. Well, the to me, why- the five teams most likely to make the playoffs out of the SEC next year: are Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss, Texas, and Missouri. And see, I would add into that group LSU and Tennessee. Okay, well then, I mean. So this is where, and again, I'm not. But now I will say this: these schedules are sort of built. I have not. Well, for everyone out there, it gets mad at me. I've not analyzed everyone's schedule. Yeah, sure. My point is, they have set up some schedules where that's you know they're going to beat each other. All these teams are kind of playing each other right now. Right, and so like I just think about it's like Ole Miss has to go to Baton Rouge, Um, and we talked about on Saturday like that could be a mammoth game. Ole Miss has to not lose a game it's not supposed to lose, and they have to win two of three of the other ones to guarantee a spot. I do want to give just a quick shout-out to LSU. It didn't yep. matter which kids were playing. They just played the same game every week. That Wisconsin, that Wisconsin game was just the same thing every week. They played 13 games, and they had 12 overs this season. Yeah. 
mean, that was, but like to sit there and go that, you know, Ole Miss is incapable of getting unscathed down there. Like I, I would not make that argument. Um, but again, I think the key for Ole Miss is they are at a point where it doesn't just feel like, man, let's like, let's have a big win and then, you know, go to a, a good bowl and that's a great season. Like it does allow you to think like they've got as good of a shot as just about everyone, in my opinion, as other than Bama and Georgia. And to your point, Georgia's got a tougher schedule. You get Georgia at home. Bama, I still think I, all this year proved to me is they, they, if, if he is going to win a national title, he's got to get a new quarterback. Now, yes. I also, in fairness, I think he knew that last year. And I think they tried really hard to get somebody else at quarterback. Like, I think the, I think they were very much trying to get Drake May. I think they tried to get Sam Hartman and Notre Dame got him. Like, so I, they were here last year and they didn't, they didn't solve it. But it's just, it was just very obvious to me that, like, you know, to me, this season was no different than the 2014 season for Alabama, where the whole year you knew they were a very good team. But with Blake Sims at quarterback, he just felt like they were limited. And they finally went up against Ohio State and they got beat. It was pretty similar to me. It was. Um, no, I, there, there, there's nothing that says Milrose is just automatically going to run the table next year. There's no doubt about that. They are accumulating talent at less of a degree than they've ever done it under the Saban regime at this point. Um, look, I mean, Ole Miss and Missouri are the party crashers just because of the schedule. I mean, I did Missouri's schedule, and I had a hard time getting them anything other than 10-2 and two or better. I, if, for me, a lot of it is... Where do they they play Tennessee, don't they? Uh yeah, I think. I think that game Tennessee not... actually is the sneaky if you want to just throw some money down on what it might look like to get in. I don't yeah. hate that. Because their schedule, like they they find finally... I had them nine and three kind of searching for losses. Yeah. And Tennessee I... schedule, Chattanooga, NC State, Kent State. Uh, at Oklahoma, at Arkansas, Florida, Alabama, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Georgia, Utah, Vanderbilt. So the one thing that Tennessee, to your point, though, even, they have to play Alabama, Georgia, Missouri. No, they don't play Missouri. Okay, so Missouri's not. So Missouri, they don't have to play Missouri. They have Oklahoma, Alabama, and Georgia. Those are the three hardest games. I still think I'd rather play OU than Texas. I would. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's one of the, that's one of Ole Miss's positives. I'd say it holds true for Ole Miss as well. I just start thinking like, you know, to me, it's all a matter of how many spots are actually available. And I just really think it's four for the league at the end of the day. That now, here's the catch. You need SC to kind of suck. Because they're in the Big Ten now, you don't need a ten and two SC team, or you don't need Oregon to be good. You're, you're going to get helped because Michigan plays Texas. Somebody's got to lose. Yeah, and I think it's possible Michigan's got a new coach. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're getting some bailouts there. But check out this damn Missouri schedule. Murray State, Buffalo, Boston College, Vanderbilt, at A&M, UMass, Auburn, at Alabama, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Arkansas. That is – that's what you want if you're trying to crash the party. You're in Tuscaloosa, hard game. But outside of that, it's College Station and Oklahoma at home. That's your three toughest games. I mean, I'd rather have that schedule than Ole Miss's. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because I'd rather play Alabama than Georgia. I think so, and I think... And I'd much rather go to A&M instead of going to LSU, for God's sake. Yeah, that's... that's Especially with year one. Now, I do wonder if it's starting to get a little weird with Kelly. Oh, it's not a little weird. I, I See, I think that's a winnable game. And then I, what I pointed out with Neil the other day, and I think with him, I've been talking so much about the subject, I forget who it was with. I still think Ole Miss is at such an advantage because of those early games that you mentioned because they're going to create some separation. They're, I mean, they're literally – I mean, I did the math with him yesterday even more than I did with you on Saturday. If they just get to 6-0, and they're going to Baton Rouge just simply because of who plays who prior to that, number two in the country. Yeah, and it's kind of also what we talked about on Saturday. This this is a year where, you know, sometimes sometimes if you're not ranked high enough at the beginning of the year, it 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 hurts you. But if you are ranked highly at the beginning of the year and you just kind of stay there, even if you take a loss, as long as you don't take the bad loss, you just kind of stay there. And so Ole Miss is going to probably benefit from starting pretty highly. Oh, they're 100% going to benefit from that. Uh, just as we finish this conversation, Texas is scheduled for 2024. Uh, Colorado State at Michigan, Texas San Antonio, ULM, Mississippi State, Oklahoma and Dallas, Georgia at home, at Vanderbilt, Florida, at Arkansas, Kentucky, at A&M. That's kind of brutal. It's a weird schedule. I mean, three obviously key games and then some other stuff that, hey, you better show. Yeah, it is amazing how, like, once we only have one football game, like, all we can do is think about more football games. I know. No, that's all I want to do. I just want to talk about 2024 schedule now. Just, yeah. Sure. Here. I mean, I get yeah. we have the NFL. I understand that. Oh, last yeah, thing. I don't know, it's, it's just a different. It's a different thing. It's a different sport. Why did speaking of though, why did uh the NFL go to the trouble to put out that video explaining the referee situation when it didn't explain anything? If anything, it made them look dumber. I think it's because somebody I think it's because somebody some clearly somebody that doesn't like Brad Allen had like a greatest hits of Brad Allen. Saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Shefty was 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 tweeting that out and whatever leaking that out. And I think the NFL, the NFL was trying to combat it. I will say this. The video is a bad look, but even when Dan Campbell tried to explain it, I'm still not convinced that what the play they ran was legal. And then the other thing that, that I'd never quite understood. So when John Perry got on during the game, Perry was saying, forget the eligibility. It was an illegal formation because they 
somebody had covered up someone that was running a route downfield. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, it's either illegal man downfield or it's illegal formation. He's like, I've got three different ways this play is illegal. And while, sure, maybe in a way they technically ruled, like went in and said he was eligible, they were clearly trying to cause confusion. Correct. And the NFL and, has an emphasis on not letting that cause confusion. You have to report eligible for a reason. The defense has to know who is eligible to catch a pass. Yes. That's why they say it over the loudspeaker. Also, I'm unclear on this. Can you send in multiple people at multiple different times and tell them you're eligible? I mean, I guess as long as it's pre-snap, yeah, I guess. I don't know why you couldn't. So like three different people can report as eligible? I mean, I, I, formationally, I don't know enough to go yes because this is what it would look like. But yeah, there's not a rule against you you bringing in more people for that scenario at once, yes. But I did. I, I got the sense that that was the NFL trying to combat whoever was leaking to Schefter about Brad Allen. Yeah, it's just you don't see the NFL go that quick on a justification well, that then just was even more confusing. I talked about this on on our show yesterday. You and I watch a lot of the NFL. Yeah. Do you feel like the officiating this year is? hands down worse than what we've been watching for the last, I don't know, five, five years. Yeah, but why? So I've not necessarily felt like it's that much worse. I also think, I think there's got to be some kind of acknowledgement of guys. This thing is really hard to officiate. We have never well, seen guys this big, this fast, this strong. And now we're, we're rewriting rules that go against the laws of physics. And you're trying to tell people go officiate that. Yeah. But I think what is also clear to me this year, players and coaches have decided it's open season on officials. And it feels like there's been way more like you get Rogers every week going on with McAfee, you know, talking about officiating. And it's like, to a certain degree, I agree with Rogers main point, which is, this is the way the NBA does it, and this is the way that Major League Baseball does it, for the most part. Whoever grades out as the best official, like, I want the best head ref to yeah. call the biggest games, whoever the best umpire is. Like, I understand they have the crews and whatnot, but it's like, when we get into the playoffs... Yeah, just give me the best dudes. Y'all will figure it out on continuity. Yeah. Like, mechanically, you know how to work a game. Like, just give me the dudes that are the best... But at the same time, it's like, it's just feels like it's, it feels to me like it's more perception. And then now you factor in, I mean, Chase, cameras have gotten just incredible. Yes. Like, we have more availability to see screw ups, to slow them down, to not appreciate them in real time on what actually happened. And it's harder and faster and the whole deal all at once at the same time. Look, he, he, they could solve a lot of this by simply allowing more pool reports and officials to have to speak and explain things. I and honestly it, solve it, a lot of this if they would just competition. The competition. I don't know why they refuse to do it, but is there anyone out there on the planet that is opposed to the eye in the sky? Hey, that spot's wrong. Move the ball back. Or, hey, you missed this. Yeah, it's where we are today. Like, forget right. the, no, 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 this part of the game. No, just fix it. Just put it where it needs to be. And my thing is, like, there are ways to do it without slowing the game down. The eye in the sky, if you ever watched, if you were one of the few, the proud, that watched XFL football 
uh, before it became the U.S. The eye in the sky thing works. Yeah. And I don't understand, like, why everyone's just opposed to it. I guess maybe it's like it gives one person too much control. Maybe the ref unions are against it because it takes away. It doesn't even take away a job. Everybody else is keeping a job. But maybe it's like it gives one person too much power. I mean, I suppose. But the thing about the eye in the sky that was great on the XFL, they had him with the headset and you had to hear what he was doing. I mean, we're cool with the Hawkeye system in tennis. Get the yes. call right. Like in the the whole point is just show them. Just don't announce that there's some shadowy figure that's proclaiming. Like do what the XFL did, which was they just put a headset on him. It is a very competent official that's just watching and he's going, "Hey, this this happened or this this switch that." Yeah. Moving on, done. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, what are you talking about today? What's going on in your shows? So John ja Morant junk, uh, dunked over Victor Wimbanyama. So oh, it appears that so that's uh, the day. That's two hours of that. Get ready, y'all. Did they win? They beat San Antonio. They okay. Yeah, congratulations. Thunder beat the Celtics. That won't get a lot of time from me today. That won't get a lot of time, even though that was way more impressive. Win. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. All right, appreciate it. Pitch hitting, bud. Talk to you All soon. Right. It was Jeffrey Wright there with us today again? Uh, helping me out greatly and uh in neil's absence again neil will feel better we'll probably be back together tomorrow we'll let you know either way uh but we will have a show no matter what even if i gotta sit here and uh talk to you myself i'll probably stream in that situation we'll uh we'll do that so you will get the content you'll get your oxford exxon podcast tomorrow in one way or another but again really appreciate jeffrey and him uh last minute jumping on to uh, knock that out i i can't ever thank him enough for the time and the effort that he gives us Week after week, uh, just says yes to almost everything we ask him to do. We're going to focus on basketball a good bit tomorrow. Um, Ole Miss begins SEC play on January 6th. That's Saturday. They are in Knoxville, Tennessee for that. So uh, exciting deal there as the Rebels are 13-0 and they will face the Volunteers um, to open up SEC play. So uh, anyway, be back tomorrow. Appreciate everybody. As always, Rebel Grove got some uh, recruiting going on. So we're going to stay locked on any portal happenings, retention, or picking up other players as well. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.